At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets will take on the Boston Celtics tonight to begin the month of February. We will preview the game. We're going to preview the month of February as a whole. It's a busy one to start. Then, of course, the All-Star break, after which we enter the home stretch of this 2021-2022 regular season. So we'll preview February for you. And some news last night, in case you missed it, LaMelo Ball will be part of the Rising Stars game at All-Star Weekend. We will talk about the game, the new format, and some of the potential teammates we might see paired up with LaMelo Ball. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer from the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo, back once again. And Rob, the news as expected came down last night. LaMelo Ball at long last will be a part of All-Star Weekend. He unfortunately could not participate last year because there was no Rising Stars game. He made the team but wasn't allowed to play in the game. He'll finally have his first All-Star appearance and at least we know he'll be part of this game. Whether or not he'll be a part of more we'll find out later but still awfully exciting that he'll get to be playing with some of the best rookies and sophomores and future rookies in the National Basketball Association. Yeah, super exciting. Like you mentioned, it feels like this is kind of expected, at least maybe in LaMelo's world, because he has those expectations that are set so high for him. But just really exciting to see Charlotte represented. I know that we've had some reports out there about who's going to participate in the dunk contest and those sort of things. So just the fact that we have something confirmed officially that LaMelo Ball will be in Cleveland for the All-Star weekend. And hopefully maybe if we find out tomorrow, even as a reserve on the All-Star team in general, would be pretty cool to see 
see, but at least there's some sort of representation. And kind of like you mentioned, since there was no Rising Stars game last year, at least we get to see him in action with some of these young, great players. And this talent pool on the rookies and the sophomores and even the G League players are just, it's really remarkable what some of those guys are capable of doing. I'm really excited for this. It's going to be a lot of fun to see all those guys compete on the floor. Yeah, new format here for the 2022 All-Star Weekend. There's no more USA versus the world. They now have a draft pool, so there's going to be, instead of two full teams, four mini teams of seven players with a mix of rookies, sophomore players, as well as G League players. There were 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, add in four G League players. They'll make up four seven-man teams drafted by members of the NBA 75th anniversary team, and there's going to be a bunch of tie-ins there, but basically each squad is going to play in a semifinal, the winners of which will go into the final. It's a race to 75 points. They're going to use the Elam ending, which has been fantastic in the all all-star game the last couple of seasons and there's also going to be something called the Clorox Clutch Challenge which will take place between games two and three where players are going to take shots that mimic or match iconic shots made in the NBA playoffs. But what I want to focus on today is the one part of this that we really can't focus on, Rob, and that is who might be teamed up with LaMelo Ball. Ordinarily, we would know who's on what squad at this point. We're not going to find out till a later date which team LaMelo Ball actually ends up on. But my question for you is, who do you want to see him play with? I have an idea in my head. Who would you like to see him paired up with? This is a tough one because then you kind of have to project and do your mock draft a little bit like everybody does around the NFL draft and that sort of thing. Like who's going to go second? Who's going to go third? Hopefully LaMelo Ball is the first overall pick. I mean, that would be kind of the controversy right now, I guess, if you're going to pick Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball as the number one overall. But with that said, LaMelo and Anthony are probably not going to play together. So I take a look at these names. I think it would be really cool to see LaMelo throw some lobs to Evan Mobley, especially since the game is in Cleveland after all. That would be a lot of fun. Be pretty cool to see him play with Josh Giddy, even though I think Josh Giddy's probably going to be one of those top four picks so they won't get paired up together. Same goes with Cade Cunningham, but in terms of some other guys, I mean, you take a look at some of these second-year players like a Desmond Bain, even like a Tyrese Halliburton would be a lot of fun too as well. And then you take a look at this G League Ignite player pool, and Dyson Daniels is a name that sticks out too. He's a younger guy. He played in the NBL, played alongside Josh Giddy in Australia. I think it would be really cool to see that kind of NBL connection between him and LaMelo Ball and see what the future holds for some of those guys in the G League as well. Yeah, that is an interesting wrinkle because you're, you're in a sense – I think this will be more attractive for general managers now because, A, you have a draft prospect participating in it, but you can see also how they pair up with some of the current stars in the league. Now, I forgot to institute the Rob rules, and you went ahead and named four players, and I got to ask you definitively, who's the one guy you want to see play with LaMelo Ball? If I had to pick one, give me Evan Mobley. I just want to see what the connection is with a seven-footer like Evan Mobley. See, I was hoping you were going to go in a different direction because that was my pick, too. I think Evan Mobley, the, the common refrain we hear from fans and people trying to make trades is what would happen if LaMelo was with a seven-footer who was more of a rim runner, more, you know, in that Evan Mobley style. Now, I think he pairs very well with Mason Plumley, but it would have been interesting to see here in, in this instance. Obviously, it's very unlikely he will ever play with Evan Mobley in a, a actual NBA game because Evan Mobley is already a pillar of the Cleveland franchise. LaMelo Ball certainly won for Charlotte. It's very unlikely that either organization is going to want to give up on their young superstar but that being said someone in that mold might be an attractive look the other one I would have said and it's just this is a personal thing I'm sure for LaMelo would have been fun if Onyeko Kongwu had made the team because those two actually played together in high school five six years ago when they were freshmen 
at Chino Hills to have them reunite at the NBA All-Star Weekend, that would have been pretty special as well. But we'll see what the roster ends up being. A couple other things here on the, on this rookie-sophomore Rising Stars game featuring some G League players as well. I thought it was interesting that the only rookies on winning teams are Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Ayo Desumu of the Chicago Bulls. Scotty Barnes, of course, playing for Toronto. He was a top five pick. Top five picks, you kind of expect to make it whether they're on winning teams or not. For the most part, they have. Desumu is one guy who has found a role as a rookie on a team that's performing very well. I bring this up because all the fans out there that might be thinking, well, why not James Booknight? Stats are going to drive the roster. It's hard for rookies on good teams to accumulate stats because they're just not on the floor as much as we've seen case in point here with Booknight. But keep in mind, Book has scored 10 or more in three of his last four games. His time is coming in rapidly. I think if this roster was set at the end of the season rather than at the All-Star break, there's a chance we could have had James Booknight participating in a game like this. That's a really good point. And when you look at this rookie player pool, I mean, a lot of them are carrying heavy minutes as well. You think of like a Chris Duarte, who the Hornets fans and the Hornets players saw that first game of the season, saw what he's capable of doing. You know, it's just one of those things where it's not quite the LaMelo Ball situation that we saw from last season just simply because well LaMelo Ball started and then never looked back and won Rookie of the Year but yeah like you kind of mentioned I think when it's all said and done you're going to see James Booknight in a very expanded role in this Hornets team as the days get a little bit longer as the season goes on and of course you know he's still going to be in line for maybe a role in the Rising Stars game next season as a sophomore so you know don't count him out just because he hasn't gotten his praise this year being a part of the rookie player pool he could easily be part of that pool for the sophomores next season as well so it's one of those things where you're just going to see him and his role expanded and the accolades will take care of themselves Agreed. Well, the Rising Stars Challenge should be a lot of fun. LaMelo Ball will be participating. Will he have other things he's doing during All-Star Weekend? We'll find out throughout the week. Of course, we'll keep you updated on all of it right here on the Hornets Livecast. Coming up next, a new month starts today on the hard court for the Hornets as they start the month of February in Boston. What does this month have in store for the Charlotte Hornets? We'll talk about it in the game Rob and I are most looking forward to as we continue here on the Hornets Livecast, brought to you by Senta. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, a new month begins today. Well, really, it began yesterday. But in terms of actual game action, it begins today for the Charlotte Hornets. They'll start the month of February after what I would say was a very successful month of January. I think when you bring in together the totality of different injuries and absences for the Hornets, the difficulty of some of the games on the schedule playing squads like Milwaukee and Philadelphia, I think the Hornets did a really good job. Now we turn the page to February, and I see more advantages ahead for the Hornets here again. There's 12 games 
plus the All-Star break, so it's not that spread out. There are three back-to-backs here this month. That is very difficult. Kind of takes away some of the big eyes you might get when you look at the fact that there are eight home games versus only four road games this month. That's very advantageous, obviously, here for the Hornets, but the three back-to-backs negate some of that advantage. My question to you, Rob, what do you think of the schedule? What do you project as a record here for the Hornets in the month of February? So when we did our preseason podcast, when I wrote out the record, I said that the Hornets are going to be, I believe, six games above 500 at the All-Star break. I had them going seven and five in the month of February. And now that I look at it, it's still feasible that the Hornets can go seven and five. But just based off of the way that the season has kind of unfolded for the Hornets, I mean, just not having a lot of success on second nights of backs to backs, that kind of throws a wrench in things a little bit as well. But I still think it's feasible to get to seven and five. I think maybe something a little bit more reasonable might be six and six just because of the way that the schedule shook out. I mean, we didn't really know how Chicago was going to be. We thought Toronto would maybe be one of those teams fighting for a playing tournament. Now they're starting to play better as of late as well. And then you still got teams in there like Milwaukee. So this is going to be a month where we're going to learn a lot about the Hornets. I know it's kind of a cliche to say that. I think this is the month that we're really going to find out what this Hornets team is made of. You're coming up against a trade deadline. Obviously, that's something that we're not even going to get into. With that said, you don't know what these other teams that are going to play the Hornets are going to look like when it comes to the end of February. So it's one of those things where it's going to be a really tough month, I think, in some aspects. But at the same time, there's definitely a lot of winnable games out there. Yeah, I think there is a lot of opportunity here. I think the most difficult stretch is what starts tonight. There's going to be five straight teams who, as we sit right now, are currently playoff or play-in teams, Boston, Cleveland, Miami, Toronto, and Chicago. But mixed in with the more winnable portion of the schedule, if you're looking at teams that just aren't currently in playoff spots, are a lot of back-to-back. So there are some difficult games in terms of who you're playing, and there's some difficult games in terms of the situation the Hornets will be in. I still think seven and five or eight and four is definitely a good target here for the team. Ordinarily, if it was normal rest each and every night with eight home games and four road games, I'd say, you know, eight and four should be the target. But the fact that there are three back-to-backs in there makes it a little bit more difficult. We'll see how it all works out. Hornets have been playing well for the most part. Health most definitely will be a factor moving forward. Hornets do have some good news in that Kelly Oubre is probable for tonight's game against Boston, and it looks like Gordon Hayward will be available probably by the time the team returns home. At least he is out of protocols at this point. So that's good news, but we'll see how it all works out. Last question on this segment, looking at the month of February. Rob, I want the game you're most looking forward to, and there are some great ones. I'm just reviewing these. This is not my list, so don't tell me about the Rob rules just yet. But Cleveland on Friday, Miami on Saturday, both these games at Spectrum Center. You've got an ESPN game on Wednesday, February 9th against the Chicago Bulls. You've got John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies coming to the Hive. Charlotte's got a big road game at Giannis. Santa Tacumpo and the Milwaukee Bucks chance to win that season series. There's a lot to look forward to here in this schedule. Which game in the entire month of February out of the 12 is the one you have highlighted as your must-listen-to, must-watch game of February for Charlotte? I think the one is really obvious, and I'm going to leave it for you because I think I know which one you want to pick. So I'm going to say the Miami game this coming Saturday, simply for the fact that it's the second night of a back-to-back. Miami is still one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I know they're a little bit banged up right now, but we're going to see how resilient this Hornets team is because, again, before the season started, we didn't expect this Cleveland game to be this much of a battle. And with the way that the Cavs have been playing this season, you know they're looking really good. 
They just had a really big come from behind win the other night at home against the Pelicans. Now, granted, it is New Orleans, but you still got a mount of comeback in some aspects. So I think that this Miami game on Saturday is going to be pretty important, regardless of what happens against Cleveland Friday night, just because of the fact that it's the second night of a back-to-back. Hornets just have not had a good record in those games. You're playing a really tough team once again in the Miami Heat. I'm really excited for that one. All right. Well, I had two I was torn between. One is the ESPN game Wednesday the 9th against Chicago. Loses some of its luster because we don't know that we're going to get the Battle of the Ball Brothers. Lonzo's been out with a meniscus tear. I do still think it's a very important game because Chicago is the only team in the Eastern Conference that the Hornets have not beaten since drafting LaMelo Ball. And since we don't know what a potential playoff matchup could look like, assuming the, the Hornets are able to get there, I think it's important psychologically to have a W to look back on against everyone you might be able to play. Even if it's only one out of a seven-game sample size, you want to have that one. So I think that game is important, but that's not the one I'm most looking forward to. The one I'm most looking forward to is this Friday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tickets available at Hornets.com. The reason why is because when you look up in the standings for Charlotte right now, you see a lot of teams that you expected to be there. I mean, Chicago might be the one that people might quibble with me about this. I thought Chicago was going to be very good this year. I don't know about first in the but I thought they were going to be really good because they have three current or former All-Stars on the roster. So yeah, they're going to be a good squad, but Miami was expected to be good. Philadelphia is expected to be good. Brooklyn clearly expected to be good. Milwaukee, the defending champs. The only one above the Hornets right now who is maybe surprising people with their location is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And because they're surprising, that means maybe they're the one that could be the easiest to pick off. And the easiest way to do that is to beat them in the head-to-head. So I think this home game game against Cleveland on Friday could really shape how the post-All-Star break portion of the season goes. You get a win against Cleveland, you pull them back towards you, it maybe becomes more likely that you can get up into that top six segment. There are other teams they could clearly catch as well, but I think Cleveland's the one they would have the most control over. If you lose that game, you might lose traction with the top six altogether and inevitably just be playing for the top spot in the play-in tournament. I think this game on Friday against Cleveland could end up being that important. I couldn't agree with you more. I thought for sure you were going to go with the Chicago game, but that was the one I stayed away from. But you can't really go wrong with either of those games, and that's partially in point why I picked that Miami game, just because it's the second night of a back-to-back coming off that Cleveland game. So I think that two-game stretch is just really going to be pivotal regardless. It's a very important stretch right now overall, and it starts tonight against the Boston Celtics. We'll preview that matchup for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Hornets taking on the Boston Celtics tonight. You can, of course, hear the game on the Hornets radio network. Rob, as of this recording, it seems likely, probable is the word being used on the injury report, that Kelly Oubre will return. He's been out with a left ankle sprain, missed the last couple of games. Team is able to tread water, I think, without him. They'll still have to go without Gordon Hayward and without Jalen McDaniels for this one. Jalen's still out with the left ankle sprain, but trending in the right direction from 
everything we're hearing. Gordon Hayward is out of the protocols. He is in reconditioning to return to competition. That makes us have a lot of confidence that he could and maybe should rejoin the team once they're back home. It will be a four-game homestand, so I'm hoping he'll be there for at least part of it, but he will not go tonight. As for the matchup itself, as we like to do, Rob, we need a player to watch for each team and a statistic to watch. If you want to weigh in on the availability aspect of it in these picks, go ahead. But where do you want to start here as the guest? Hornet, Celtic, or key to the game? Let's switch it up a little bit. I usually start with the opposing player to watch. Let's start with the Hornets player to watch, and I'm going to go with Terry Rozier. He just did not simply have a good game against the Clippers on Sunday. It was one that he struggled a lot in. He did not shoot the ball very well, 4 or 14 from the field, and he seemed kind of down in the postgame press conference after it. I mean, I think that was kind of the general mood in the locker room after that game where he felt that, you know, the Clippers are dealing with a lot of injuries. They're on a long road trip. That's a game that you needed to pounce on them early and get the job done. And Terry Rozier simply felt that he did not do that as a leader. So we saw how good of a game he had in Boston just a couple weeks ago. Of course, it's his old stopping grounds. I look for him to step up and have another big game tonight. Mine for the Hornets is Miles Bridges and his run of 20 plus point games came to a close the other day against the Clippers. But against Boston, it's just as much for his defense as it is for his offense. He's going to get matched up a lot with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I think whoever wins that head-to-head matchup could and probably should should end up winning the game. Bridges scoring 20 to 25 points, yes, that's significant. But keeping Jason Tatum from getting to the rim, making him a jump shooter, and contesting as many of those jump shots as possible, that's just as important. So I think Miles Bridges uh, is the player to watch tonight for Buzz City. Stat or Celtic, where do you want to go next? Let's go ahead and keep it with the players. I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. I know Jason Tatum is kind of the guy that shoulders a load, but Jalen Brown, he's that secondary, I don't want to call him a second fiddle because it's kind of an insult to Jalen Brown just because he's such a great player. Shoots the ball extremely well. The other night against Miami, he was 11-19 shooting. The three-point shooting wasn't there, but you know, if that little tandem between him and Tatum, I know I'm referencing Jason Tatum a lot, but Jalen Brown, I think, is the guy that you really have to watch. You kind of expect Jason Tatum to get to his certain point level to an extent you expect him to get to his average. So that's why I think Jalen Brown is kind of the wild card here between that duo. And that's why I'm going with Jalen Brown to watch tonight. Love the pick. I think Jalen's been playing really, really good basketball the last couple of weeks here. And uh, you're right to reference that win over Miami. I know the Heat were a bit beaten up. No Jimmy Butler in that one. But the Celtics walled them, but good. Beating them by 30 points, just running away with it. I'm tempted, very tempted, to go with Robert Williams the third, the center for the Celtics, because he really does change the dynamics of a lot of things in terms of how they look on the floor, how they can match players up, who has to defend Al Horford and Jason Tatum and these other big bodies when Robert Williams is out there. But I just can't ignore the impact Jason Tatum has on a game. And I I think Tatum, his shooting ability, he's kind of like at times a Giannis Antetokounmpo or a Joel Embiid in that if he's on with his three-point shooting, good night. There's not much you can do because he's such a good driver of the basketball. He's such a good finisher at the rim. And if he's got his shot going, you can't pick a poison. You're, you're just stuck. But if you can turn him into a jump shooter, if he becomes content with that and he continues to you know have up and down games with his three, then he's susceptible. So I think that makes him the player to watch. Last time the Hornets played him, they beat him. Jason Tatum was 0 of 7 from 3. The 
time that the Celtics won the game, he shot 50% from deep and went for 40. So it's something that you have to live with. There are things you can do to try and keep him down, but as with any great star today in the NBA, if he is on, there is not much you can do to turn him off. And Jason Tatum is a guy that I've got my eye on anytime we're playing the Celtics. Finally, last but not least, your statistic to watch, Rob Longo. I'm going to look at turnovers. And the reason I'm looking at turnovers is because Boston has done a really good job as of late, not really turning the ball over as well. They had 18 in that win against Miami, but I think a lot of that was because they emptied the bench and they had some younger players get in there. Just not a lot of chemistry going on. But if you look at the games before that, you know, 13 turnovers against the Pelicans was a win. 11 against the Hawks. They ended up losing that one, but still only 11 turnovers. Then you go two games further back, 10 against Sacramento, six against Washington. They do a good job taking care of the basketball. And with that said, the Hornets have done a pretty good job as well if you go back to that win they had against the lakers last friday only six turnovers in that game it is the fewest turnovers that the hornets have committed this season so they weren't terrible with the turnover battle against the clippers the hornets turned the ball over 15 times but you know if they can resort back to taking care of the basketball like they did against the lakers i think it's going to be a really big advantage for the hornets tonight see i thought you were going to do turnovers because Lamelo ball almost had a quadruple double against the celtics last time 15 points 10 boards 10 assists and he had eight turnovers that got a good Good laugh after the game. A big win for the Hornets against Boston uh, up here at TD Garden a couple of weeks ago. But it is good stat. Always one to focus on. Mine to keep an eye on is the free throw line. Charlotte has had a really, really rough go of it this year, shooting free throws. Part of that is their center, Mason Plumlee, is having a career-worst year. But part of it is just they're not that good of a free-throw shooting team top to bottom. They've been in the bottom five most of the year. I think they're bottom three right now as we sit and record this podcast. So the Hornets' free-throw shooting has been an issue. But more importantly, it's how Boston scores the basketball. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the difference for them between a good game and a great game is how how often they can get to the charity stripe. So I think for the Hornets, defending without fouling is imperative here. You look at the two games that the Hornets have played against Boston this season, they could not be more different in that regard. When the Hornets won 111-102, Boston attempted a grand total of 13 free throws. Tatum and Brown combined for five of them. When the Hornets lost in overtime to Boston at Spectrum Center early in the season, 140-129, to Tatum and Brown combined to shoot 11 free throws, 10 of 11, and as a squad, they took 25. So some of this is how the game will be called. Ultimately, it'll be how the Hornets defend Boston, but if they can keep the Celtics, particularly their stars, off the line, they're going to have a much better shot at getting a W here to tip off the month of February. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We invite you to tune in again tomorrow. Rob Longo will be in the host chair, and he will break down tonight's game against the Boston Celtics. Rob, I know you're looking forward to it. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you on the broadcast in a couple hours, I guess. That's right, and we look forward to talking to all of you there as well. Make sure you're locked in on the Hornets Radio Network pregame. Starts tonight at 6.30 for the Hornets taking on the Boston Celtics. Till next time, for my producer and our co-host today, Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.